Hello and welcome to This Week at Charlestown Road, a branch of the Heavenbound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and this is where we reflect on the weekend that was. We dig a little deeper into a recent sermon to give you something to think about as this week unfolds and preview what's to come here at Charlestown Road. It's good to have each of you with us today. And this past Sunday, Jason had the lead in preaching Sunday morning, and he gave us a lesson about faith. It was entitled, Faith That Bridges the Breach. Uh, the breach is the idea of a hole or a gap. Uh, as we get to the end of the school year and college dorms are emptied out, sometimes the people go in and find all kinds of holes in the walls. <laughs> they were not built that way, but they happen to be there. And so we we were looking in this lesson about holes in our faith or breaches in our faith and what caused them and then how to deal with that. And so I'll let Jason recap that in just a minute, and then we're going to come right back and just kind of expand upon this, stretch this a little bit, look at some more questions that we hope will be helpful as we kind of just go back and revisit this lesson. Lesson's on our website, and we encourage you, if you haven't listened to it, to go back and listen to it. It'll be a great help for you. Yeah, uh, as you mentioned, a breach, all that that is is some sort of a hole or a gap, and threw out there at the start of the sermon that lots of different kinds of breaches, right? Some of them can be more serious than others. If you have a a breach in the hull of a ship, I would think that would very much get your attention, especially if it's something like a submarine. Uh, today, you and I, we don't live in a walled city, but we can even read in the Bible about the seriousness of having a breach in the walls that would protect the city where you live. Uh, for us today, maybe we think more in terms of a security breach. You uh, have someone who has gotten your credit card information or gained access somehow to your social security number, and that uh, most certainly should, should get your attention. It can be a more than a minor inconvenience, but uh, the idea from the sermon on Sunday morning was the most serious kind of breach, especially in terms of eternity, is a breach of faith. And what got me going in that direction was actually some of our recent daily Bible reading. I noticed in First Corinthians or First Chronicles chapter nine and First Chronicles chapter ten, two different times back to back, that phrase "a breach of faith" was used, and then uh, used as the the reason for some really serious consequences in Israel's history. And so we looked at some of the maybe reasons why breaches of faith can happen, but ultimately landed on. God is faithful, and he teaches us in Old and New Testament how to be faithful as well. And so when we think about that <clears throat> breach in the wall or that hole in the wall, we we may think more of a hole in a tire, you know, and, and having a blowout. Right. Uh, uh, sometimes uh, you, you hear about, uh, uh, after a lot of rain, a, a dam bursting and flooding a community. So when we talk about the hole in our faith, is it something that comes about very rapidly, very suddenly, or what? Yeah, no, I 
I'm trying to think. I don't know that I have ever known a person. I'm sure perhaps uh, that person is out there, but I don't know that I have met the person who woke up on Monday morning full of faith and by Monday afternoon had just completely cast that off and made what the Apostle Paul describes as shipwreck of his or her faith. It sure does seem to me studying the Bible, trying to study human nature, even studying my own self, that sort of thing happens gradually over time. Now, you know, you use your example of a, a dam that breaks maybe up on a hillside and floods a, a, a village or a city. And what is noticed in that moment as this giant hole breaks loose and however many hundreds of thousands or millions of gallons of water suddenly begin spilling out of that, that is noticed in the moment moment, right? But it didn't happen in the moment. It happened gradually over time. Maybe the best way of thinking of it is in terms of erosion, right? That a a tree on a hillside doesn't just suddenly fall. It happens over the course of time as those roots have less and less soil to grab a hold of. And, and you know, as you say, others may witness this sudden departure, um, but for the person who's going through this, it's been a, it's been a journey. It's yeah. been a process and they have been thinking about this. And sometimes they've just lacked the courage to say, okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'll, I'll keep attending, but I'm not engaged. I'll keep coming, but I'm not worshiping. But then finally it happens. And so, so, uh, that leads us to what are, what are the signs that I may be having a hole in my face? Yeah. I, uh, that was one of the things I spent a good amount of time last week just trying to think through. Um, first Chronicles 10 tells us, for instance, that Saul, talking about the first king of Israel, died for his breach of faith. And as we go back into First Samuel, for instance, and look at that inspired record, well, we see Saul at times very afraid, very frustrated with the timing of God, the timing of God's prophet. We know at least once, we, we highlighted it a little in the sermon from First Samuel 13, he got very impatient that Samuel, the spokesman of God, was wasn't where he thought that Samuel ought to be, when he ought to be there. Ultimately, that 1 Chronicles 10, 13 and 14 passage tells us that Saul didn't follow the guidance of the Lord. And so if we put those three things together, I'm afraid we've got a pretty toxic mix. When I when I stop submitting myself to the guidance of the Lord, and I get impatient with the Lord, and I'm unsettled or scared by the circumstances around me, 
what I perhaps can very easily experience next is that breach of faith that is just growing and growing and growing. Those aren't the only things. We highlighted a few others in the sermon. Jeroboam from 1 Kings chapter 12 uh, exhibits a great deal of selfish ambition. So I care more about what I want than what God wants. We went back and we highlighted pride as something that especially the prophets describe as reason for a breach of faith. I I care about my own reputation more than the Lord's. I care about my own advancement more than the advancement of the, the, the kingdom of God. Stubbornness is highlighted by Isaiah as a reason for a breach of faith. God's pulling me to the left, but I decide, nope, I would much rather go to the right. Ultimately, at the root of it all is selfish rebellion, right? Sin against God. Now, there there are certainly outward influences, pressures that I can experience like that fear, like that, uh, you know, being pulled by my peers, things like that. But these are subtle. These are slow. And when someone notices those things in my life, number one, they ought to have the right to raise a red flag in front of my eyes, and then it's a question of whether or not I'm humble enough to consider and listen carefully. Absolutely. And I think some other telltale signs is is just what's going on during the week. I mean, yeah. it's, it's easy to come yeah. together on Sunday, and there I'm praying, I'm singing hymns, but do I leave my faith at the church house? And am I even praying to God throughout the Day, throughout the week? Do I touch his Bible? Do I touch his word at all? And so so the, these are little subtle signs. You know, sometimes it's easy to be that <clears throat> Sunday morning Christian, and that's all I do is Sunday morning. And once I've got that box checked, then I, I, I leave it till the next Sunday. And that little gradual leak, it's like that little leak in your air ti- of your tire, just a little bit of air every day. Now, don't, you don't notice a lot at first. And a little bit more and a little bit more. And then you come after one day and your tire's flat. <laughs> and, you know, what happened? Well, it, it wasn't a blowout. It was just a little bit every day that I didn't pay attention to or I thought it was no big deal until it becomes a big deal. And, and that's, that's where this fits in with our theme this year. Because as we're trying to finish what was started, that's our theme, is that these are the kind of things that will stop us from finishing. And having a hole in my faith is not what God wants from me. And that's something that's, uh, again, very evident as we think about our walk with the Lord right. here. Uh, and so let, let me ask this question also, Jason. It, it, when we think about this hole in our faith, this breach, is it easier to see that in ourselves or is it easier to see that in someone else? Yeah, I would suggest almost universally it is easier to see in other people. That's why I think Jesus probably said what he said in Matthew chapter 7, right? In this context of reminding us about judgment and with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. In order to help us understand what he means by that, he says in the very next verse, 
Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take out the speck of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? And he labels that in verse 5 as hypocrisy. But that sure does seem to be a pretty natural tendency for most of us as human beings, right? We have blind spots when it comes to our own inadequacies, deficiencies, but boy, those are just glaringly flashing obvious to us, maybe in the eyes uh, or in the, the lives of other people. And that really goes back to some of that humility that we were talking about a, a few moments ago awfully easy to be advanced educated (laughs) when it comes to the faults and the failings of others and kind of be like a kindergartner when it comes to, well, there, there's some serious work that needs to go on in my own life. Absolutely. I've often uh, liked the illustration. It's kind of like at night when you're driving, the the car coming at you, his headlights seem brighter than your lights. (laughs) And sometimes you have your lights on bright, uh-huh. and he has to flash you because. But you don't, you don't see that. So yeah. it is easier to see it in others, and we need to have the heart and the relationship with others that someone can approach us. Yeah. If we, if they see that <clears throat> we're just not doing what we used to do, that is a problem. There, we need to recognize that. Yeah, especially in our own home, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, hey. It is easy for me to notice the things that my spouse isn't doing that I think they should have already taken care of or doing that I find annoying much more easily than those things, those balls that I've allowed to drop. You know, if if I forget to take out the trash, well, you know, I'm really busy. But if she forgets to take out the trash, well, what has she been doing all day? That's Easy to, to, to see through that lens. And I think that's, in a simple way, what Jesus is warning us against. And it's interesting, as, as you are developing a sermon here and kind of leading us to <clears throat> some good conclusions here in a minute, uh, I had written down in my notes, the New Testament word is reconciliation. Yeah. And then you brought that up. And so let's let's talk about what does reconciliation mean? Yeah. As I understand the word, all that it really means at its root is, okay, two things that were together. Let, let's go back to that idea of a breach, uh, a hole or a gap where something was once solid or complete, right? And so let's think of a solid piece of wood, maybe, and it is somehow due to some stress, it's, it's split down the middle. Okay, now we've got some sort of a division in something that was once whole. If I reconcile that, I bring those two pieces back together. And so we see that uh, around our homes, especially if you've got little kids, uh, maybe you've got something that is nice and untarnished, it is whole, and then there is some sort of breakage that occurs, right? And so you use some sort of, let's say, wood glue to bring that back together. You you put it under a little bit of pressure to make sure that that glue has time to seal. And as you step away from that and it stays together, what has happened? It has been reconciled. That is the beautiful word used throughout the Bible. So as the Bible is using this word reconciliation, it's using it in the dealings with relationships. Right. 
first and foremost between us and God, and then us and one another. And the outcome of reconciliation is fellowship, is that we are on the same page. We are together. And so when we talk about reconciliation, we've got two parties who are no longer talking to each other. They, they, they are no longer friends, we could say. And, and you know, th- this happens all the time. Now, in the, in the world of social media, you defriend somebody. You're, you're, no, you're no longer talking to that person. And so a, a third party comes in and tries to bring the two back together again. That's, that's the concept. It happens in business. Sometimes when you have management and labor, and it comes time to contract times. It happens a lot in the world of athletics and sports. It's time to sign the contracts, and they're not on the same page. So they bring in a mediator or a go-between to try to get the two sides back together. Now, how does that work spiritually with God? Yeah, I, the passage that I referenced in, in the sermon uh, that uses that word, uh, Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 11, how did it... How does it happen? Well, Jesus is the the how, right, that is highlighted for us in Romans 5, verse 6. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. We were weak. We were ungodly. We were sinners. We were enemies of God. But now we have been justified by his blood. Okay. And then to your point, verses 10 and 11, use reconciled and reconciliation. Let's listen to Romans 5 verse 10. If while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. And so there's the complete idea. We were not born separated from God. We were not born enemies of God. It is sin that creates that separation between us and God and the the Bible word that we noticed from the Old Testament is a breach, right? Or a separation. And so now the sad picture painted in the Bible is I can't get over that chasm by anything that I do on my own. I need help. I need an intermediary between me and God. And of course, his name is Jesus. He shed his blood for me. And now through him, what once was at a breach can be brought back together again and healed. So through faith, through Christ, through his blood, we are together with God. Right. That's reconciliation. Now, anytime you've had uh, uh, termites in your house or something else, and you've had you've had to bring in some experts and get some repair work done, the the running thought is, what's going to keep this from coming up again? Yeah. So reconciled back to God, what's going to keep a breach 
from developing again. Yeah, the the last few minutes of that sermon, I went back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. There's a lot that we can learn from that passage as the faith comes to Thessalonica and real life men and women begin responding to that. And I just highlighted eight or nine words that I think not only map out for us how this breach is bridged, but give us some insight into how we can keep it from happening again. First uh, Thessalonians 1 talks about people receiving the word with the joy of the Holy Spirit. They turned from idols to serve the living and true God. They became imitators of other disciples and, of course, of the Lord. They were involved in labor. Paul references their work of faith, labor of love, steadfastness of hope. They became a good example to the believers around them. The word of the Lord was sounding forth from them. Their faith was going forth everywhere, and they were waiting for Jesus from heaven. And so how can I avoid this happening again? I need a steady dose of the word in my life. I need to be ruthlessly on guard against idols. I need to be careful about the examples I'm following. And I need to be busy. The more busy I am in work of faith, labor of love, steadfastness of hope, I would suggest the less likely I am for those breaches or leaks in my faith to begin to develop. Yeah, and it seems to me like there's a order of those words, and they're connected to receive, to turn from idols, to imitate the Lord, and then to labor in the kingdom. Yep. And, and what, you know, why is that order in that order, you think? Yeah, well, if the seed of the Word of God comes in contact with my heart, I mean, that goes back to Jesus's most foundational parable, right? How is this word going to be received? Number one, is it falling on a good and an honest heart? Number two, I've got to turn from what has created this separation with God to begin with, right? And then what does Jesus say? Follow me, live for me, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. And as I am reconciled to God, I'm a servant, right? I am a disciple. I'm not just a learner, but I'm a follower who is called to shine in this world as a light to the glory of God. And so it is a progression from I hear the word of God, I turn to God, I begin living like God and get busy serving God. And and that order is essential. Yeah. If we flip it, I'm going to get busy in the kingdom. I'm going to just start doing a bunch of church stuff, a bunch of good stuff. But I haven't received the word. Yeah. I'm going to go off doing my own thing. And I may not please God in doing that. And if I don't receive the word first, I may imitate God as I think he is, Jesus how I think he is, but I don't really know Jesus. So the receiving of the word must come first. And so that's, that's why that order is in that order. It drives by faith. 
and that will lead to action, which is turning. That's going to lead to following. That's imitation. And then that's going to get you busy in the kingdom as God wants us to be. All of those will help us keep from having those holes developing in our faith. And as we are watchful, as we are growing, as we're doing what God wants us to do, they make an incredible, incredible difference in our lives. And everyone that's fallen away from God, they all came about the same thing. There was a hole in their faith. They didn't take care of it. And then they lost it all. And so, great lesson. We encourage you to go back and listen to it. It helps us as we walk with God and to do the things God wants us to. Yeah, I appreciate that, Roger, very, very much. It was my my honor to be able just to give voice to some of these Old and New Testament passages. It was helpful to me, and I'm, I'm glad to hear it was helpful to others. Of course, it is Wednesday. We are looking forward to tonight at 7 o'clock p.m. You're going to be teaching in the auditorium. We are continuing our series entitled Marks of Maturity. We're looking at the steps of a mature Christian. Tonight, we're going to be focusing upon the concept of being converted, being like a child, and that will give us several, several great things to talk about. Very good. In our Building Blocks track of studies, this is our last little part four of this series where we've been exploring what is repentance, and so we're going to talk about what repentance sounds like this evening. All of those previous lessons, as well as the previous lessons Roger has taught in the auditorium are freely available right there at the top of charlestownroad.org. Roger, of course, we're looking forward to Sunday. We've got a song service Sunday evening, but I want to circle back to something you mentioned uh, very briefly uh, a few moments ago. You, You talked about how with this breach, reconciliation with God can lead to fellowship. And I appreciate you highlighting that, especially in light of a a special spring series that we're really looking forward to. Just about a week and a half, May 7th through the 10th, we're excited to have Ralph Walker from Tampa, Florida, join us for that special series entitled The Meaning of Fellowship. And he's going to talk all about that big Bible idea, what fellowship is, fellowship with God, sharing the body, sharing in the gospel, sharing spiritual gifts, sharing in sufferings. We wholeheartedly believe that you will have a richer life with God and his people if you will study and apply these principles that we're looking forward to exploring together, May 7th through the 10th. Many more details to come at charlestownroad.org. In the meantime, Roger, thanks for joining me today. Thanks to all of you for listening to this week at Charlestown Road. We would love to see you at 7 o'clock p.m. this evening. We're already looking forward to Sunday, the best day of the week, and we would love to have you come and grow with us. 